you're listening to Back Into the Fire. Old school wrestling fans shooting on the best wrestling organization in the world, the National Wrestling Alliance. For those of you that are worried about what I'm doing in the future, worry about what Camille is doing now. I'm here to end all of you. Welcome, folks, to this shut-in edition of Back Into the Fire podcast. Uh, my name's Joe Till. I'm joined here by Mr. Andy Hayworth. Howdy. And this week is uh, sort of another um, smorgasbord of, of tidbits from the wrestling world. We, we don't really have, uh, you know, a solid NWA schedule to work with. Um, I know it's been a few weeks since we recorded, but we did want to get an episode out to you guys um, just to kind of let you know that we haven't forgot about you and we're still alive and kicking. That's right. And uh, of course, there there has been one sort of a new piece of news out of the NWA and right there at the top of the show when we first kicked it off. We heard, finally, we've heard from Camille, the silent goddess is silent no longer and she's pissed off and ready to kill kill us all. So uh, yeah. that was the only really new thing that we've had out of the NWA in a long time. And it was a really interesting promo with Camille um, finally introducing us to her, I guess, in a more formal way. What, what did mm-hmm. you think of that promo? I liked it. It was a classic promo. Um, it really, you know, set her badass persona into a, another level. Um, yeah. Got me, you know, thinking that, you know, we're we're in danger from Camille. So um, if we if if we ever get back into an actual arena or studio where she's going to be present, I don't. It seems like that's a lifetime away now from getting back to yeah. normalcy. But uh, but I mean, it, it was it was a good promo and it, it generated interest um, for sure. It's just when is it going to be able to continue? Is a question. Yeah, you said it exactly there. It's um, boy, if we had had this, uh, I don't know, about two months ago, and um, and we were still able to have had the the Crockett Cup, and if wrestling had still continued, I would have, we probably would have seen her facing, um, uh, you know, uh, a couple of the big ladies in the NWA, you know, Allison Kay or Thunder Rosa, even maybe, but but unfortunately, right. we, you know, we we're just sort of limited to to watching her. Uh, <laughs> On Twitter right now, actually, but <laughs> to make I mean, up tutorials with various members of her groupies. So that's right. Uh, you know, I it was. Uh, I thought it was a good promo too. I, I liked how they put it together, and it, it was almost, in some ways, a shoot almost because mm-hmm. she talked about her. You know, of course, we knew she had a, a good, you know, college softball um, sort of a career. I guess right, you want to call right. it that. Um, she's a Durham girl, Durham, North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah, and Bull um, City. That's right. And uh, so it was interesting hearing her talk about that, and 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 there was seemingly a lot of bitterness. Apparently, she had had a rough time, maybe in high school, and with 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 all the sports she participated in, she was just so good at all of them that uh, people didn't like her. So 
Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but it certainly felt <laughs> yeah. it certainly felt true. I mean, and clearly she is good at all the sports she tries. Yeah, uh, I mean, she's a natural athlete. It seems like, um, even though I don't know, uh, watching that match of hers against, um, gosh, I don't even remember who she wrestled at this point. I'd Matt, have to look. Maddie Max. Maddie Max. Yeah, Maddie Max tried to extend the um the handshake there and that didn't work out too well for Maddie. Poor Maddie. I, I you know, she Maddie Max comes in there looking like uh, you know, Mary Ann or something from mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island. That was sort of, you know, cute little yeah. cute little female wrestler there and and you know, that just got completely squashed. Yeah, not the bit not to be uh nitpicking things, but um I noticed when Camille does a lot of her run-ins. Isn't she barefoot? Oh, that's a good question. Huh. And then when she wrestled, she had these goofy-looking boots on that I just couldn't get behind. I don't know what <laughs> what it was. You know, to be honest, I didn't notice that, but I I think she has to ditch the high heels when she gets in there. Okay, maybe that's it. And that's yeah, why she... I, I know that. I know that um, when she skewered. Uh, Tim Storm that one time she came in and like flung her high heels off in the ring there. So my advice to Camille is do the old Kevin Von Erich thing and just go barefoot in your matches. I think it's a better look. Yeah, why not? Um, uh, yeah, I, I do like her ring gear. She, you know, that sort of gladi- mm. gladiator-esque sort of looking stuff. I think it looks good for her. She did look like she was straight off a episode of American Gladiators or something. So that's a good, it's a good description of it there. That works out for Nick Aldis, right? I mean, wasn't he one of the new generations? He was. Of, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Gladiators. I was always partial to the to Laser myself on the original American Gladiators. Always thought he was a cool cat, you know. That used to come on Saturday mornings. Right around the time, like right before wrestling came on, I think. I'm, I can't remember exactly, but. I remember watching it like, uh, I guess it would have been more like Sunday morning, you know, mm. like, you know, Saturday after midnight kind of stuff. Uh, okay. American Gladiators. But um, you can watch some of that stuff is on Netflix now. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know about Nick Aldis as, a, as an American Gladiator, but I think he did. He did have a stint in that, though, didn't he? I thought he. Probably did well. I don't know. Um, he seems like the type of guy who'd do well. You know, speaking of this, you know, the the, the big storyline with Camille was, you know, she when are we going to hear her speak and so forth and so on. Right. Well, the fact is, in the Crockett Cup 2019, we did hear her very clearly speak when mm-hmm. she ran in uh, to, to Nick Aldis, his match against Marty Skrull there to help him, I guess, at some point near the end of the match. And, of course, he turned her away, but she's, you know, yelling at him at that point. Yeah, so it's not like yeah. we've never heard Camille speak. Um, what What did you think? What did you think of her voice? Was it, was it, did it match up to what you thought she would sound like? Well, I have to admit, I've heard her in an interview from her softball days before, so I sure. knew sort of, you know, what to expect. But, yeah, I don't think her voice matches up with what people would, um, would exactly expect from her. Um, I don't think it does either. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, we knew she was a Southern girl, you know, and, and that comes through. It does. And she definitely sounded, you know, more serious and not quite as twangy as some of her 
non-wrestling interviews. So I, I like the passage where she's talking about the advice her father gave her about starting or ending a fight of, uh, or something. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but I love the way she uh, added a few syllables to the word damn, damn, or something like that. <laughs> It sounded like something you'd hear someone say here in South Carolina, you know. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not, it's not. It's not a. It's criticism. It's just an observation. I, I kind of right. like the fact that she sounds like that. But um, yeah, she pulls off a good badass, and um, you know, it'll be fun to see her wrestle uh, and and you know keep this persona going whenever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think she'll do. I think she's going to do great if we ever get back to wrestling again. I mean, I could see her wrestling anybody in any of these organizations and doing mm-hmm. quite well. Um, clearly, she's as big as some, if not most, of the guys that are wrestling out there. So, right, uh, at least in height. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be. I mean, she seems like an unstoppable force. I'm looking forward to seeing her in action if we ever get to see any action, at least. But. Um, I am glad they finally re- released that uh, that segment for what I guess would have been the superpower episode. Now they're calling it the lost episode, but it's my understanding they're going to be releasing the some of the, more of this footage at least here in the month of May. So anyway, yeah, another thing I think is interesting about Camille is um, when you look at the wrestling landscape right now with AEW and you know. Brandy Rhodes and Cody, mm-hmm. clearly. Right. And you see how Camille sort of came into the NWA um, environment because of Brandy and Cody Rhodes. And of course, you know, those guys are the, they're the superstars now over at AEW. And, but I just find that interesting. Yeah. Um, always a little concerned about some of the NWA wrestlers getting picked um, from you know, by AEW or WWE, certainly you couldn't blame sure. any of them for jumping because I'm sure they would make a lot more money. Yeah, for sure. But on the other hand, you know, I, I assume there's some brand loyalty and I would have to think somebody like Camille probably enjoys working in the NWA with, you know, her boyfriend slash husband talking about tom latimer yeah 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 i don't know i mean i think at this point she has she has such a strong storyline going Mm -hmm. in the nwa there you know it would be i mean i would think that she probably has some creative control over it a little bit as well uh but you know i don't know though i don't know it's um of course i mean you go to wwe and you you have no creative control i mean everything right scripted word for word practically from what I've heard. Yeah. And um, I don't know, there would be something, uh, but again, I guess it comes down to, uh, you know, are they getting paid well enough here to to make ends meet here? Because, you know, right now, you know, we're not shooting anything with the NWA and who knows when we will be. So I, I don't know, but, but, but I think uh, hopefully she'll be around the NWA for a lot longer and, Mm -hmm. We'll get to see her run through the entire lineup and become really dominant, I would think, as as their eventual goal with her. I would think so. I would think that's that's what they're headed for. Um, well, so since we're into May, 
they the NWA graced us with a 30-minute compilation of the May Valentine's story arc in the NWA. Did you watch any of that? Uh, no, I did not watch any of that. Uh, and I, you know, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, because, uh, I, I, again, I think she's a lovely person, but I don't understand what she's doing in the end of, I don't understand what we're <laughs> supposed to take away from May Valentine at this point. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's odd. It's weird. Um, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad about her, but because, I would, but I, I don't understand why she's. I don't understand what they're doing with this. I'm just. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I'm guessing they. The whole thing was going to be a push for Sal Renaro once he was able to come back, and yeah. hopefully, you know, he is 100. percent Whenever all this, <laughs> he certainly got enough time. He's had some time to heal that arm for sure. So it would be interesting setting up sort of a, you know, a, a um, feud between him and Isaacs and with her in the middle. It's just a classic storyline. When Sal Renaro got involved, she definitely became more interesting. Mm-hmm. What, what, I, what I, don't, I don't like the weird, cringy, I'll call it domestic violence or whatever, but because that's essentially what what it kind of is when Royce is being you know mean to her that sort yeah. of thing. I don't like that yeah, I'm not at a all. Fan of that I, I'm not a fan of that. It's uh, but I do like the the jealousy, uh, the the jealousy storyline between Sal and Royce. I, I think that's that's great. Um, but anyway, it, like I said, it didn't really become interesting with her until they started introducing that. And I don't think that Sal Renaro's arm was was broken prior to, prior to her arriving. So I think that just sort of happened no. organically, maybe. So. Yeah, I think they were looking for something to sort of do with him, yeah. you know, to give him some on-screen time while he healed up. And I think it, it worked well, And because uh, he does seem like a really nice guy. He's one of our followers on Instagram, by the way. So. I think he's like one of two followers Thanks, we have on Sal, Instagram. Sal for, yeah, Sal for following us. I've been a big ground. fan of. I've <laughs> been a big fan of uh, Sal Renaro ever since he uh, did a step up in Zaguri on uh, Zicky Dice. <laughs> Zicky Dice. <laughs> Almost forgot about Zicky. How could I forget about? You can't Zicky? forget about Zicky, man. Um, well, hey, that's a good segue, actually, because. You know, the NWA has been sort of rehashing some of their old content here mm-hmm. lately. And I think it was last week they they did a lot of Tim Storm-related stuff, uh, which, you know, we've, it, all, we've seen it all, okay? We've uh, seen all this stuff. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but come on. <laughs> I, I mean, we've just seen we, – the, these are these 10 Pounds of Gold episodes that yeah. go back for ne- almost – Three years at this point. A little bit of Tim Storm saturation going on here. Well, well, the cool thing was though is he had a match with uh, Zicky Dice. I think was one of his first matches, maybe after he became the champion. Yeah. And uh, boy, Zicky Dice looked a lot different back, you know, yeah, two and a half years ago. Uh, I mean, this w- this was on one of the wrestling from Hollywood episodes, and. Um, you know, it's really some of the earliest stuff uh, that they've produced since Billy took over the NWA. But uh, it was really interesting seeing him go in and and kind of squash uh, Zicky Dice. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, I, I 
lot of people seem to be impressed with uh, Zicky's transformation and dedication and everything, which, you know, looking back, yeah, it's definitely. Um, oh, yeah. It's definitely quite a change. Good for him. Yeah, I, I, he's he's definitely, I think, a fan favorite. I, I like him a lot. Uh, it, God, it just feels so long since we've seen these guys, though, in action. Uh, because it has been. It's been, yeah. what, more than a month now. So, Well, yeah, when was it, when was the last actual taping in the studio was that was that february or january i i believe it would have been uh for the hard times pay-per-view we we would have had a studio taping i guess uh last week maybe yeah had things going off properly but uh i, I think uh. well it might have been before last week i'm kind of getting my weeks confused here time has become sort of just an abstraction yeah, no, no, lately. It's a couple of weeks ago now i guess but yeah no, it would have been, uh, yeah, it would have been on, well, uh, Monday, April, tw- April the 20th. Yeah, so that would have been at least, yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah. Good grief. Man, where's the time gone? I don't know. Um, so anyway, they've been running this old content. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of it. However, I think you and I both watched the Crockett Cup 2019 replay, which you know, is a it was a really solid uh, event. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. Jim Jim Cornette was on commentary. Uh, you had a lot of the great Ring of Honor guys in there, and this right. was, of course, one of the best matches Nick Aldis I think has ever put on with um, Marty, Marty Skrull. Yeah, it was a bloody match. I mean, in my notes here, I have that it was on the same level as the flare and steamboat matches of, of the eighties. I don't know if that's yeah. giving it too much credit, but I felt like it was a really good match though. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I felt, I, I liked all this is ring work. I like Marty scrolls, maybe a, a little bit better. Honestly, they were both, um, you know, at a high level. I, I love the, um, I think it was towards the beginning of the match when, uh, Skrull faked like, uh, yes. What's her face? Uh, Camille <laughs> interfered. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. It was it was awesome. I, that, I love yeah, stuff that, like that. That was great. Yeah, it was a good uh, little moment of uh, gamesmanship. Mm. I think there, and that was sort of the moment where where you know we always say that the classic Nick Aldis matches. He comes in and does some some pure wrestling, yeah. some scientific wrestling, and then something pisses him off. And then, the, then there's some brawling outside the ring, and then it, you know, and, th- and that was the moment when it, he got pissed off, and things went outside the ring, and you know, I think we saw Marty go through a table, you know, get suplexed through a table out uh-huh. there, uh, you know, uh, Aldous gets cut at some point. Man, he got cracked. I don't know. Was that an intentional? Um, I don't juicing know. Or is that? I don't know. But he bled. He bled so much, though. God, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody bleed quite that much in one of these things. Been a while. And speaking of which, how annoying was that for them to cut to black and white? Oh yeah. Whenever, whenever there was some and, blood uh, on Ricky the screen. Morton, yeah. Yeah, I I thought there was something wrong maybe with just my internet. You know that oh something happened and now it's black and white. But no, they were yeah, actually intentionally too, doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I've actually I've seen this match before, so you know it, it wasn't the first time I've seen this. So uh, I've seen the unedited version of it, and um, I don't know why they did that, but great match. I tell you, the, the probably my favorite part was when uh, 
was when Marty did the uh, finger breaking maneuver on, and he was doing oh, the I joint. I love the finger break. <laughs> did you hear that? What? How did they make that crunching sound? That snapping sound. Apparently, he's got it perfected where he <laughs> slaps. He slaps himself or something. When he, as soon as he does it, it's like a sleight of hand thing where he slaps his chest. Oh man, really? To make a cracking, like a popping sound. Yeah. I watched that thing over and over again. I didn't see that. And my my favorite is he. Every time he does that, Skrull always has this reaction, like he's gonna throw up or something after he does it. Well, well you know, the look at the referee when he did that. The referee looked like he was about to throw up when he did that. I've never seen the ref like react <laughs> like that. That, that, that's definitely one of the great p- parts of that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, but everything about that match was really good. I mean, there was good, you know, ring psychology. Right. Things made sense. You had Camille run in, but she mm-hmm. didn't get involved. So right. she got turned away. And when it was over, you know, they both, you know, shook hands and had mutual respect for one another. So, that, so that's why it reminded me of like a, a flare and, and steamboat confrontation. Right. right. Really. That's kind of what I wonder. I mean, there was just something there for everybody. You know, uh, there there was all types of wrestling and, and uh, you know, there was brutality. There was, you know, there was drama. Uh, but but it, didn't, it didn't have a shitty ending or what, uh, there was no asterisks next to the ending, as Nick right. Aldis would say. It was just a solid match. You know, I'm wondering, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about the, the whole blood thing. I wonder if it's a some sort of YouTube thing that they had to sort of censor that because youtube's you know how youtube's so finicky these days about what they allow um well that's entirely possible you're absolutely right i don't know just a guess maybe not who knows um no i think that's that's a very good point um you know honestly i don't know how i feel personally about about the blood in the ring you know once upon a time i probably thought it was really cool but Anymore, mm. I kind of feel like it's a little over the top almost, but but mm-hmm. I think if you do it in moderation, like like Nick Aldis, this this is the only time I've ever seen him do this. Yeah. And for this match, it felt like it worked really well. And for all we know, he could have accidentally cut himself, you know. But yeah, uh, I think that might have been uh, the only thing that makes me think, well, maybe it wasn't accidental is because Ricky Morton also was bleeding earlier. Maybe just coincidence that they both got, you know, a sure. cut or something, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. My, my thoughts on bleeding and wrestling is since that, uh, new Jack episode of, uh, oh my the God. dark side of the ring. I, I really don't, I really don't appreciate <laughs> that the, I, I know that, that episode made me sort of anti blood and wrestling. And, and if you don't know what we're talking about here, you, you got to go track down this episode of Dark Side of the Ring on Vice with New Jack, uh, because this this episode, <laughs> what an insane! He, he, he basically pulled out a scalpel that was several inches long and just un, tried to unzip this kid's head. I mean, yeah. it, I think he would have scalped this kid maybe. Uh, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen in, in pro wrestling, it, 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 to be honest. But th- that's another story altogether. Yeah, I don't know. It it just underscores, I don't know, some of these 
new indie wrestlers or whatever come in and think they're, you know, think they're all that and then they get mixed up with the wrong person. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, that was a rough episode. I can't, I can't imagine that anyone wouldn't have told that kid to not mess with New Jack in that way, but I don't know. I, I'm 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 wondering about um and I know we're going completely off the rails with some of this discussion, but I, I do sometimes wonder what compels a person who's involved in pro wrestling to go uh-huh. in there and specifically say, I want to get cut. I want to get brutalized. I want, you know, are, yeah. are you just trying to prove something to the world that you can take the pain yeah. or, or is it a situation where psychologically you, you have to have that pain in some way? I, I, I don't know, but it's, it's interesting. But, but that new Jack episode was so disturbing that I, I don't think I watched right. any wrestling for about a week after, after that episode, <laughs> because it, it just felt too grimy. You know, it was, uh, between that and he tried to kill that guy, throwing him off that scaffold. And then he tried to stab that one dude. And the that was at that that little it was like outlaw mud show event. It was right? like at an that, Elks um, Lodge or something. Yeah. Yeah. High school that gym. He basically yeah. damn near killed that that, that guy. old guy. <laughs> My God. Uh, <laughs> that old guy. I mean, yeah, yeah clear, you know, but clearly New Jack, that's that's kind of an extreme character. I don't know if there's anybody like that in wrestling now, at least in the majors, but not in the majors, definitely not. Nobody they're going to let do anything close to that um, for sure. And you do have to wonder how how some of that stuff came about, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, the, the the little bit of bloodshed we had at Crockett Cup 2019. Uh, I, I was surprised at the censorship on that, but I think you're right. I think that's yeah. what they did was they, they sort of said, well, maybe we better censor this because YouTube's very oversensitive right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I tell you, that Crockett Cup was great. It, you know, if Crockett Cup 2020 had been anything like 2019, we would have been in for a hell of a show. Oh, yeah. I know. It's a shame. What do you think about the Briscoes? I really oh, um, enjoyed them. Those guys feel pretty dangerous, don't they? <laughs> they do. Yeah. Especially in their heel state. I think I saw them at this um, free enterprise event right. uh, that I went to. And uh, they are definitely more of a, a baby face at that point um, than they were a year ago. Wow. I guess. But uh, I mean, I think they're extremely talented, number one. I, I yeah. think they do some crazy stuff in the ring. And and, right. and then it like but like you said when they were in this heel formation in 2019 I mean they were terrifying too so uh, they lost their minds in there yeah that uh that chair shot they took on was it PCO there on the ring apron God, God. and then the the <laughs> admittedly hokey relocation of his arm there in the last match. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was too much. There was another match I liked. It was that uh, Colt Cabana versus. Help me, help me oh, out yeah. with the guys. We were just talking about it, Willie. Willie Mack. Mack. Yeah. So Willie Mack was the NWA national champion coming into this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he loses Colt Cabana, but early on in that match, he looked like he made a mistake. Willie Mack, that is. 
and ended up <laughs> instead of landing in the turnbuckle, yeah. he somehow he somehow went through the ropes and ended up on outside of the ring. And I think Jim yeah, Cornette yeah. even said, you know, that wasn't scripted or something like that. It, so the rest of the match was really Colt Cabana having to slow things down while the, yeah. while Willie Mack sort of recovered from from this you know real life bump he took. I, it, it was a cartoonish looking bump to the outside of the ring. It's like zip. Yeah, woo! somehow he he missed his landing somehow in in the corner and just went straight through the ropes and. Uh, yeah, it looks like he hardly even touched the ropes on the way out of the ring. If that's possible, uh, that was that was an interesting little little facet. I thought I enjoyed that that match, but it was but I enjoyed mm-hmm. it mainly because it was funny watching them try to recover because you could clearly, you could see Colt Cabana was trying to slow it down to get it back under control here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought Crockett cup 2019 overall was, was excellent. And um, it just makes me, you know, angry that we didn't have Crockett cup 2020 and that we weren't there sitting ringside like we were supposed to be, but uh, what are you going to do? There's <sighs> not much you can do at this point. No. I mean, who knows when we'll have any live wrestling events at this point, right? It's going to be at least, in terms of a uh, an audience, it's going to be at least two to three months, I would guess. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I go to Dragon Con every year, and they released a statement this year saying that just a few, just like this past week, saying that they were still planning, right. you know, for things to continue as normal. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at comments on Reddit and so forth, there just seems to be no way that that we can have big mass gatherings that like this by the volume of people, like shoulder to shoulder. It just seems very unwise. It really does, I don't know, unless things just completely recover by then. So I just I don't, don't see it happening. You know, it's um. And you know, and you know, Dragon Con, of course, isn't really a a wrestling event per se, but they do have one night. They, they actually kick it off with wrestling at Dragon Con, and they usually have some big names there. Like last year, I saw Dustin Rhodes. This was before mm-hmm. he was even in AEW. Uh, Jake the Snake yeah. was there. Uh, previous years, we've had uh, Ricky Steamboat. Ric Flair has been there. Ric Flair has been there. Yeah. So. Um, so, you know, so, I, you know, I hate that I hate that it looks like that isn't happening because for some people, this is like yeah. the one vacation of the year that that we look forward to for the whole year. But yeah. um, but anyway, I don't know when we'll see this or see wrestling or or anything. It's uh, it's the damnedest situation we find ourselves in right now. Yeah, it is. But at least we have old stuff to talk about. Speaking of uh well, not old stuff, but more recent stuff. Sure. Um, I don't want to spend much time on this, but but I first heard about this on the uh, Jim Cornette's podcast, and I had to look it up. Was uh, this? Uh, some people call it intentional move by uh, Nia Jax. Oh yeah. On Car, uh, Car- is it Kari Sane? Is that? I think the you're right. Yeah, yeah. Woman's name. Which is basically. Um, a bomb. What do you call it? They call it a buckle bomb, but what would a normal move be called? Like a um, power bomb? Yeah, power bomb. I guess that's how you that's yeah, what it would have power been. Bomb. She, she threw into the turnbuckle, though. Threw it into the turnbuckles, which seems like 
it just seems like a dumb thing to do all around because you you really don't have any control over where your head's going to land right or anything like that and as we saw the back of her head hit i think the second or third turnbuckle i can't remember right so just i've just uh, i don't know it just seemed like a malicious um you know i guess what's the term for it a potato <laughs> or it's kind of irresponsible yeah. on her part to just throw her out yeah. into the ring into the uh, turnbuckle like that you know, I tell you, you know, we we we've been, we've been talking about the dark side of the ring um, series, and that that guy draws who was on the the episode oh, yeah. about the brawl for all. Here was a big guy, big strong guy, up and coming guy. He got paralyzed mm-hmm. uh, just in a very simple move, like what you just described—a power bomb type, sort of move a power like bomb that. type move. Yeah, and and I mean, I guess it just. He just hit hit the mat the wrong way, and yeah. now he's you know fully paralyzed. So, yeah. um, it is it is strange, you know, how close to the edge some of these guys operate. You know, it, it, you know some of the crazy stuff that we see, you know, from week to week on these things doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I guess we figure well, it's rehearsed or whatever. It's not dangerous, but yeah. like this draws guy or with this situation with Nia Jax, it sort of shows that. I mean, they really are just inches away from from disaster in a lot of cases. Right, right. Made me look back and try to think of other situations I've seen in wrestling where a real injury occurred or something close to it. Of course, you know, the the one that sticks out in my mind the most, I don't know if you ever gone and looked at it or not, was um, Vader. And it may have been a powerbomb this time when he, when he huh. broke, uh, it was some jobber, uh, name escapes me, but he broke his back. No, I don't remember that. During a match, um, look it up if you have a chance. Um, okay, it looks. Um, it doesn't look terrible, but it you know you can you can understand where right. he would have if if he hit hard enough. Yeah, he broke the guy's back. So right, um, right. It'd be interesting as somebody who's been in the wrestling business a long time to ask if there's for for better lack of a better way of saying it if there's like a safe word or something where sure if somebody's you know really hurt where they can be like you know let's end this match now if they could get that there has to be something and there has to be examples of that happening because you know i couldn't imagine yeah is it true that with that the referees make like a cross symbol with their hands when something goes wrong in the ring that they that's as a sort of a signal that everything's gone to hell or I've read that somewhere, but I've never seen that. Yeah. It w- that would be responsible to have, to do something like that. You know, that's a great question though. Is there like a safe word in wrestling? <laughs> safe word. I, I'm guessing it's the referee's job to deem really if, if sure somebody's injured to the point of, um, and I don't, I, I swear I've seen recently, I think it was in, AEW, it, maybe it was Darby Allen or somebody, um, basically landed on a ladder. Huh. It was like, yeah, I think it was Darby Allen. He did well, like they have a, had some ladder matches. Yeah, you're right about that. How do you the the ladder? W- so it would have been like a ladder, and then it would have been draped, you know, from the ring to a table, and and he just landed like moonsaulted and just landed. 
on top of a, somebody landed on top of another guy on a ladder. I think I saw that. That was it, the ladder didn't break Maybe away. Maybe it was though, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Now that I think about it. Well, that's a good NWA connection right there, Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one. The, thi- the thing didn't break, though, did yeah, it? it? It was did, very it just, stout it just, hit. Yeah. How do you absorb a blow like that? I mean, it, I don't know, man. I don't know how you, there's any safe way to, to take a shot like that. Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. The whole thing behind the tables is, you know, it's always a wooden table and there's always give, you know? Right. But when something has no give... Something's got to give, and it's going to be your internal structure. Your, your ribs. Your ribs, <laughs> <Yeah>. your liver, <laughs> your spine. Uh, I don't know. It, uh, some of that stuff seems very unnecessary, Yeah, really. though. Some of these ladder matches especially. I, um I, I don't. I don't know. I, they they seem so contrived and 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 so forth that it just seems silly to even have them in some cases. Yeah. But it, it's interesting seeing what some of these organizations are doing to try to keep wrestling going uh, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, NXT or all the WWE properties really they're doing these sort of you know empty arena matches now. Right. Uh, AEW has. I don't want to say it's an empty arena, but they kind of have a ringside peanut gallery of <laughs> other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I think that's superior because then you have people cheering and, and some noise. Oh, yeah. It's so much better than just nothing. It's, yeah. That sterile environment is just, it's not conducive to anything. Have you Have you seen any of these sort of what they call, I guess, cinematic matches that they're doing like on the WWE? <sighs> Well, I saw the WrestleMania matches, which I'm trying to still right. forget about. Forget about those, yeah. <laughs> uh, NXT had a match. Uh, it was Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, and it was one of these cinematic matches. And, uh, God, it was uh, it was tough to get through, if I'm being honest. I mean, there, <laughs> were, there were points where they were, you know, fighting on top of an 18-wheeler out in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. But, I think what annoyed me the most was, you know, they definitely thought they were being very clever. This match started with Gargano arriving at the location where they were going to have the fight. And his wife is Candice LeRae, who's a female wrestler who, huh. who gets who gets no heat whatsoever, seemingly. She hands him some package. We don't know what's in this package. Anyway, the fight goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all manner of chairs, trash cans, ladders, fire extinguishers, you know, th- threatening to throw people off of 18 wheelers. Right. And then at the end, these two guys, they've had this grueling match that's going on forever and ever and ever. Candace LeRae comes in and uh, basically kicks her husband in the balls <laughs> and he collapses over. <laughs> and you're like, well, that was weird. What's that all about? And then she comes in about five minutes later and kicks Tommaso Ciampa in the balls, and he oh falls over. Johnny Gargano gets up and, and pins him, and then Gargano pulls out of his pants a, an athletic cup, basically. And we're, we're to assume that's what she gave him in the little package at the beginning of the match, was it was a cup to wear. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, what, what's the takeaway from that? I don't, I don't understand oh, that at all. 
It's so stupid. It's I guess I thought they were being so clever with this narrative structure they were they were building up to here, but but it was it was terrible though. Just trying to be too cute. I don't know what else to, to call it. I, it was stupid. Of course, I, 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 I don't know. And if they hire writers, you know the WWE and I assume NXT does too. But I, I guess what what I didn't understand it. I thought okay, they're whether well, being the clever. She gave him the the jock strap or whatever. She, she, but but why does she come in and she jumps in front of Tommaso Ciampa and says, "I hate my husband," and then she turns around and kicks him in the balls and runs <laughs> off. Yeah, I, where did that come from? I don't get that. I'm just like, okay, why does she hate her husband? And, and then and then when they're fighting, then she just comes back in and, and kicks Tommaso in the in the balls. <laughs> and why did she just do that from the beginning? I, Dude, I guess I they had no to figure idea. out some way to make it clever with the the package that she gives them. And I thought it was terrible, honestly. I've been waiting on Jim Cornette to review this one, and I think he's been avoiding it. So I'm sure he has. <laughs> uh, other things that the WWE has started doing, you know, they've been doing these like fantastical touches i guess um it's a great it's a great term for it god the, the, like these supernatural kind of things they're promoting this guy by the name of killer cross and they've had these weird little apocalyptic promos and uh, again tomaso champa i guess he's one of the few guys that's not afraid to get covid19 or something he he's doing a probo and all of a sudden he like gets attacked from behind and it's like a scene out of a horror movie and then this killer cross guy like whispers TikTok into his ear i don't get it it's stupid why are they doing this stuff trying to be like a serial killer or something or i mean i don't know and then you've got the velveteen dream who's just kind of come back after being out for months now now he's got these like allegations of sending you know nude nudie pics of himself to a to minor minors. right yeah great. yeah that's great uh I, he's one of these guys that i've never understood his i don't understand him period it's like he's Jimi hendrix but he wrestles or something yeah I, I, I just don't get this dude but uh he was out for a long time i don't know what why he was out exactly but he's he's back now but but now he's got these like you know you know child porn allegations or whatever f- following him around and uh, man you know, NXT has been doing like this boring cruiserweight tournament with guys you've never heard of. Uh, the only bright spot maybe is that Charlotte Flair has sort of made kind of a return to NXT and she's been on there a lot lately. So didn't she win the she beat uh ripley for the title right the women's she title? did yeah that was a great match and uh yeah. she had a good match recently with uh mia yim okay and she's supposed to be facing io shirai here pretty soon who is uh one of the uh asian wrestlers they have on the roster there um but you know of course they let all kinds of talent go i think we lost uh leo rush and yeah leo rush kurt angle maybe Angle's uh, gone from the WWE. A uh, number of others. Um, I think, gosh, I can't remember. There were some others that I that I remembered but forgot since because it's been like a week or two. But. It's hard to keep up with all this stuff. Yeah. The only, Like I said, the only thing I watch is the NXT. I don't watch Raw and SmackDown. So I have no idea what goes on over there. But from what I can tell, I'm really not missing anything. So do you think, do you think, uh, 
any truth to these rumors about the WWE um, being sold? I, uh, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't, you know, I, I, nothing surprises me, but I assume if Vince gets a big enough price tag, he'd probably be up for it. Um, I mean, why not? And yeah. and now the rumor seems to be that, that you know Vince is sick or something now. So yeah. I, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I did enjoy the the WWE subscription, the 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 WWE Network subscription, mm-hmm. only because it had the old NWA, oh, WCW, yeah. Mid South, Mid Atlantic stuff was on there. Um, I don't think I watched any WWE stuff yeah. on the WWE network. I mean, I really. watched a little bit of the old, uh, some, some of the old WrestleManias or something yeah, from the sure. 80s, but that's about it. I watched the first WrestleMania. That was yeah. it. Everything from that point on was old WCW Saturday uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. Uh, what about the AEW? Now, I've been able to watch a little bit of AEW lately. I, I don't know if you've been watching any of that stuff. Uh, honestly, no, I haven't watched a lot of it. Um, I'm trying to think what I've, what I've seen, what I haven't seen. Um, I know that Archer has been given a big push. Um, Lance Archer. Yeah. Lately. Yeah. Um, he's very impressive. Um, for sure. I mean, uh, if we want to talk about NWA connections, you know, Colt Cabana had a match against, Lance Archer, it was a total drubbing almost, but yeah. Uh, um, I'm yeah. guessing Cabana was not the drubber, but the drubby. <laughs> no, he he was not. Uh, this guy went up against Dustin Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And it, it, this was a bloody match. There was blood in this one. Okay. And uh, you know, Dustin Rhodes fell. Um, he, he got pinned. Uh, and, you know, interestingly enough, this guy, Lance Archer, you just have to watch this stuff. I mean, he's a big, scary dude. You know, he's a, you know, he's a big behemoth kind of a guy. Right. For for whatever reason, they had him facing Marco Stunt. I don't mm. understand why Marco Stunt is in any match with this guy that's like twice his size. I don't get that. You probably think it's funny. I don't know, man. Well, you know, and in the most recent episode, he was up against this guy Brody Lee, who's another one of these big behemoth kind of guys. I don't understand what. What entertainment is there in seeing Marco Stunt, who's like a hundred and hundred pounds or something, soaking wet? Yeah, he what, there he can't do anything with these guys. No. Why, why are they making these? First know. of all, if you're one of these big dudes, what satisfaction is there in completely crushing a hundred pound guy like Marco Stunt? And if you're Marco Stunt, what satisfaction is there in getting thrown twenty feet? Through the air yeah. to your demise. And any I just sort don't of offense he it. gets is this going to look like those big guys are just selling Faking anything? It. You know, God, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, how, you can't be getting over. If anything, you're getting under. Right. If you're one of these big guys and you're beating on Marco Stunt, because then it's like you're just beating on some little little guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I really think my theory is they're just trying to find a guy who could throw Marco's stunt progressively further and further <laughs> and further. Um, you, you know, I don't mean, hell, the Mulkey brothers didn't have it this bad. Come on. <laughs> Mulkeys. Maybe they bring in the Mulkey, uh, one of the Mulkeys, Randy or whatever the other guy's <laughs> name is. Maybe he could be Marco's stunt's manager or something. I, I, I don't understand the Marco's stunt thing. I just, I just don't. It's... Um, 
I, I, I get it in a way, but I don't understand why he's going up against guys that are literally twice his size. You know, th- that makes no sense to me. Um, it sure doesn't. Uh, another little NWA connection is if you remember from the second episode of Circle Squared, mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, that girl wrestler Danny Jordan, the mean girl, she was at ringside at one of these recent AEW events. Uh, are so, we talking about the one with the with the book or the, whatever? The little yeah, um, the, the that's right. The the, the what was what that? does she call it? The it's like something out of Clueless or something. I don't. I was know. gonna call it the shit list Her or whatever. Hate but book or I don't. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, she was the one who I think she lost to Freya the Slayer. Is that right? She did. Yeah. That seems like it was ten years ago. She's, honestly. Yeah, she was so small, and then yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's one one highlight to AEW, and I like it, and that is I like Ref Aubrey. I like referee Aubrey. She seems really cool. So she's probably the the um, bright point of AEW at this point. Well, you know, she does a podcast and everything. Does she? So yeah, she does. Check that out. Her her and Shivani do a podcast. Her and Shivani, huh? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but, but you know, I'm just kind of talking off the top of my head with this stuff because I really don't haven't been able to watch AEW until recently. So, uh, but I don't know if you put AEW next to NXT, I kind of like AEW a little bit better right now. Uh, minus a few missteps here and there. I guess if, if you really want to see wrestling and you can deal with some of the goofy stuff, you know, then yeah, I could see that. I just, um, I just haven't gotten motivated to spend time to watch a lot of this stuff, but I, I think a lot of it's pretty yeah. forgettable, you know, yeah. really. But I, there's some good stuff there. I mean, you got the whole legacy of the Rhodes family and and whatnot. So yeah, you got that. It is going good for to you. see them. It is good to see Cody and and Dustin and and um, Jake the Snake's there and Tully Blanchard's right there sometimes, although That's he right. does much of nothing. And Arn Anderson was with Cody. I don't know. I guess since the the Rona's broken out, those old guys have to kind of sit on the sidelines for a while. But yeah, I mean, they, they definitely they feel like they're sort of carrying forward like the legacy of a of a WCW or something like that for sure. It, it's a different flavor than the than the NXT or the mm. WWE stuff. Uh, but you know, I tell you, both of these things are—they're—they're they're not. Uh, they're, neither of them are perfect by any means. So. I will say, I became a huge fan of Doctor D. David Schultz. Oh yeah, for week. sure. <laughs> the guy was. Oh man. Do, do you remember him as Crusty a wrestler from back in the day? Or I'm going to tell you what I remember about him. Um, okay. Do you remember, I had a couple of, they were almost like kids' books about wrestling. One of them was like the heroes, and one of them was like the villains or something. I remember those books, yeah. And David Schultz was in the villains' book. Okay. That's the only thing I remember about David Schultz. Well, you know, I tell you, I want to say that the majority of what I know about pro wrestling nowadays comes from books like that from Mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Like those were the books that I remember hearing about Superfly Snuka for the first time. Yep. 
I remember reading about Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember those books were pretty good. You know, I can't imagine that, that, that any publisher would make books like that nowadays. So Probably not, but you'd be surprised. <laughs> there might be some out there, some kids' books about wrestling. That'd be interesting, yeah. but there. But back in the '80s, there were though. I mean, for sure. Oh yeah, it was. It was especially because of um, you know WWF back then. You know, there was mainstream pop culture, fairly family friendly stuff. But I honestly, yeah, I don't remember David Schultz, and I don't remember that that um, that John Stossel report at all. You know, I, I guess I was just too young to pay attention to any of it. I have to say that was fun watching him get slapped down by Dr. D. So Yeah, and then um apparently Ho it's interesting that you know, him and Hogan were good friends and then Hogan sort of seemed to abandon him. Yeah, well I think that about wraps it up, I guess. All right, folks, thanks for joining us on this potpourri of professional wrestling this week. Hope we didn't get off on too many tangents, but uh, quite frankly, there's not that much to talk about. So um, we're going to continue to try to put out an episode every maybe one or two weeks. Um, hopefully we have some new slash old NWA uh, when this May Power Hour comes out. We can talk about that a little bit and uh, see where this, you know, this organization is headed. Hopefully uh, as restrictions start to ease up a little bit, maybe we'll try to get back to some normalcy. Yeah, I think that's all we can hope for at this point. So just, yep, see what they, hopefully we'll get this new episode of uh, Superpower here in May that they've been promising us. And maybe that will be a, a couple new matches we can talk about. Yep, we'll have to see. Until next time, see you guys. See you. The Back Into The Fire podcast is produced by Joe Till and me, Andy Hayworth. If you enjoyed the show, give us a nice review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back Into the Fire or email us at Back Into the Fire Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>